Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, we sit down with Culture and Training Director of Dia & Co, Marge Hudson. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. All right, welcome everyone to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I'm your host, Zach Miko. Thank you guys for being here each and every week and having fun with us, talking to cool people, learning cool things, shooting some shit with some awesome folks. Uh, We have a great episode for you today, a surprise episode for you today. This was actually supposed to be next week's episode, everybody, but due to a catastrophic computer failure on... um, my computer's part. This is going to be today. You're you're going to hear it right now. I'm sitting down with the culture and training director of Dia and Co, Marge Hudson, who's an amazing uh, young lady, and we're going to have a great time. We talk about everything from fashion to what it's like growing up as a big person to student debt to the theater to choir college to just awesomeness. She's an amazing person. Um, you're all going to want to follow her on social media after this. And then next week coming up, we have our month and a halfly episode of Giant Things, where I sit down with your favorite giant and mine, Paul Guyette. Um, him and I talked for about two hours the other day, and uh, then my computer crashed while we were doing it, and we were both very defeated. But don't worry, we're talking again this week, and it will be coming to you soon. But luckily, that means you get to hear Marge before you even intended to, and she is a delight. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Marge Hudson. I am sitting here with Marge Hudson, the culture and training manager of Dia and Co. How are you doing? I'm great. This is so exciting. Isn't it fun? Uh, we're in an echoey room. Everyone's going to deal with it. But, uh, you know, that's what a happens. A chapter in my memoir, deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> so, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Uh, it's a pretty great Sunday. I love Sundays. They're kind of my, like, uh, day to take a minute before the chaos begins. Sundays are always my favorite day of the week. For me, Sundays are the days where I realize I'm not doing anything and I get sad. (laughs) I know that's terrible. Which is funny because I spend every Sunday getting this ready, so I am working like all Sunday. I don't know. I've been going through this like um, existential, am I doing enough crisis lately? Which is crazy because like from the outside, it's like, well, I'm doing a lot of things. Yeah. But like there's this little part of me that's like, and I think I'm just getting warped because I was telling you, I was talking to that guy. Um, I've been reading Gary Vaynerchuk's book. Yeah. And he's amazing. But his whole message is if you think you're doing enough, you're not. I think that's common though. I I feel like I talk to a lot of people and they feel the same. And I think that's kind of, we kind of create this world in which we have to compare ourselves to everybody else. And then with social media, giving an inside into like the behind the scenes, it's like, not only am I busy, but I'm also portraying a life that's extremely busy. And yet I still don't feel like I'm doing enough to do all the things. And so you're really just like creating a world and when like you can't be successful. I know. (laughs) It's really, (laughs) it's very frustrating. But that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. Besides you being a sparkling amazing personality <laughs> you and i met two three years ago two three yeah years. i think two two summers ago what was our official meeting was it the rebel wilson show yeah which is i was thinking about this last night trying to think of like the first time that we met and i was a total fangirl um Aww. nadia our co-founder of dn co met you at elaine bryant runway thing and she, yes she immediately texted me she's like oh my god marge zach miko is here and i was like oh my god wait what and then you showed up <laughs> at the rebel wilson party which to say that I was at a Rebel Wilson party, I know at my office in the life that I lead, I know is so beyond the realm of things that I could have ever dreamed about ever possibly happening in my life. No, isn't it? <laughs> I, I want I want so badly 
like 16 year old me to see me yeah. now and be like, Hey man, this is not what you fucking planned. Yeah. But yeah. it's really great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going it's like, very well. It's beyond what I like. I say this to Nadia and Lydia all the time. It's like, this is so the life that I couldn't have dreamed I was worthy of. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh my God, wait, it's my life. Cool. I know. And that's so cool. It's just awesome. And things that you used to like dream about now are just like commonplace. Yeah. Like where you're just like, oh yeah, I was talking to Ashley Graham the other day and we said, and everyone's like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah I mean, we don't talk a lot, but like it's <laughs> happened. I don't know. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. I know that sounded crazy. I wasn't name dropping. I promise. But like, I was for the purposes of this uh, podcast. Yeah. I was name dropping. Of course. Of course. But Casual. you get what I mean. Um, <laughs> my, my longest friend, I've known her my entire life. She uh, owns a house like really close to where we grew up. And she always will text me. She's like, I can't believe you're doing all these things in New York. And I'm like, I pay my rent. I pay my bills. I, I go to work. It's not I'm just glamorous. doing my like normal life. I was like, you own a house. I was I like, know. that's so far past anything that I would ever dream of doing right now. The but thing like, is, it would be so glamorous it. in anywhere else in the country. Yeah. If it, <laughs> this is not glamorous if you're living in New York, L.A., San Francisco, it's life, even Chicago, and yeah. like, like the this is just uh, we're getting by. This yeah. is like my yeah. life. I'm paying my rent. I'm not yeah. making huge money. However, I can order whatever I want off the menu now. And that's oh my like God, my it big feels <laughs> really great. That's honestly, it's so funny you say this. I, I, I think about the times when like I spent so much time caring so much about the opinions of people that literally don't matter in my life. Yeah. That now it's like, oh, well, I can eat whatever I want. I now I can like go and do whatever I want. And I don't really have to apologize or I don't really have to tell people, you know, make an excuse for myself or, oh, I'm, I'm doing this or like, oh, I ordered French fries with my salad, but that's okay. Like, it's okay. like, no, no, no. I'm going to do whatever I want. I can. Yeah. And I have the, and it's like, you know, I do not have like, fuck you money or anything. Oh I don't God. even have like, I don't even know what that would feel. I don't think I would like that. Somebody asked me that the other day, <sighs> if I would rather be extremely wealthy and never have to work again or have to work and like continually get like promotions and more money as I got older and oh, not re- okay. If you if you phrase it that way, I'd rather build it. Well, however, if it was working a job you hate or never work right. a program, then I was like, yeah. I'll find some stuff to do. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would like. I, I think she was posing it as like, if you could. We were talking about sugar daddies, which is a fun conversation oh, yes. to have. Um, but High we were world. talking about. Uh, we were talking about if you could just like find a sugar daddy that he would pay for everything, you could stop what you were doing. Or if you could like continue to work and support yourself forever. And I kind of feel like I would have to continue to work. I get bored. Um, yeah, no, me too. And I need things to like keep me busy. And so I, I don't think I could, I could just give it all up just to like chill in a house. I, I yeah. I, as, as a person who now has a profession that has a decent amount of downtime, like, yeah. well, <laughs> do you go crazy? Thing, yes, I do. Because mm-hmm. all my downtime is entirely unexpected. Yeah. This is the worst part because... Well, like a lot of people don't know this, but as a a model, I'm constantly put on what are called options, Ooh. which means maybe sort of kind of you'll work, <laughs> but you might, you probably won't, cool. but maybe you'll work. So I can't do anything or plan anything because I have an option right. to work that day. Um, some people call it put, you know, being placed on hold yeah. is like a more, it goes with, um, with like fashion and entertainment. You're put on hold. Yeah. Um, but it, but like, I'd say 70% of the time it cancels. <laughs> so it's like, Great. it seems like you have all this work coming up, but it's always unexpected. So I was going to go to like San Francisco this week. Now I'm not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now, no. now my week is just here. And then I look at the, uh, the weather and it's thunderstorming for seven oh, no. days. San Francisco straight. would be beautiful right now. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, that'd be way better than this. But yeah. hey, that's life. Yeah, you never absolutely. know. But, but yeah, no. So downtime drives me a little crazy but that's why i do things like this the podcast i need to fill the time otherwise i'm gonna lose my damn mind (laughs) yeah i like the i like weekends um that are pretty solitary i think most people perceive that i'm this like like super bubbly like wild and crazy and like she goes out and she does all these things and she's always around people and she's having a blast and i'm like I do that mostly during the week and like yeah. that's part of my job is like being the like super bubbly people person and being with people. I love that. Yeah. But on the weekends I'm like, please nobody talk to me. Oh, I know. Nobody texts me. I need me. my I need my, yeah. my downtime. I'm a big Absolutely. We're big campers for that oh, very yeah. reason. Yeah. Like we go camping a lot. Yep. We're going camping this weekend under 
we're going camping this weekend <laughs> under a blood moon. I oh, I, I was I was talking That's to uh, to a stylist that I was working with, and she's very into astrology. And anytime I meet someone who's like super into it, yeah. I'm really interested because yeah. I know nothing. I was yeah. like, tell me a little bit about myself. She found out which gemstones resonate with Ooh. me: yellow sapphires. Okay. Um, my dominant planets are I don't even know if that's the right term, but my dominant planets are Jupiter and the Sun. Oh wow! Which I was like. Oh, this, that's not a plan, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you sort that out with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I, I saw this post, <laughs> I saw this meme on Instagram this week, and it was like playing off kind of this like, I don't want to say new craze of astrology because it's been around forever, but it was like she's an L train rising with a M train moon, and it was like in reference to like the New York City subways, and it just like made me laugh really hard that like people are actually taking that like to another level. And uh, it was pretty. It was pretty great. <laughs> it, it's it's a thing, and yeah, apparently it's like yeah, yellow sapphires is for Jupiter, and also rubies. And I don't oh. know what they're supposed to do for me. I don't but know. anyway, she her whole thing was she's like, oh, there's a blood moon lunar eclipse, the full blood moon lunar eclipse on Friday, and I was like, I don't know what that means. She goes, it means don't go outside, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to be camping in the woods. And she's like, dead serious. She's like, whatever you do, do not frolic under the blood moon. And I was just like, what? You most definitely have to frolic <laughs> under the blood like, moon. I'm absolutely doing that now. And she's like, no, no. And I'm like, you can't tell me that. <laughs> no. I feel like you're going to be like serious in Harry <sighs> Potter. Where you, or no, was it lupus that like turns into like the, the wolf? Exactly. I was like, this is the start <laughs> of every fantasy novel I've ever read. That's you amazing. can't tell me not to do this. This is amazing. And oh, she's wow. like, whatever you do, don't bring an animal with you. I'm like, I'm bringing my dog. What's going to happen? Is he gonna transform this is gonna be great wait you have to like film the entire thing yes i will i have no service in the woods so hopefully it'll be like the blair witch project (laughs) the only way it'll work is if i survive i think that's great though i mean just record snippets like um like uh, michael scott's version of the blair witch project on the office you're gonna you're gonna hate me oh no i don't i've never (laughs) i've I've maybe seen one episode of the office in my life i know People love it so, so much. I'm such a weird cult follower, too. Well, I am. I, that's the thing is I have very, uh, like, television cult personality. There yeah. are definitely shows that I am so unbelievably obsessed with. Um, one of them being It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yep. that I'm so, like, dedicated to. Mm-hmm. That when everyone's like, no, you got to follow this cult show. I was like, I can't. I've <laughs> never seen The Office for that reason. I've wow. never seen Parks and Rec for that reason. Oh, my heart. I know. All shows that people love. I've yeah. watched. I've enjoyed them all. But yeah. I want to say I've watched six to seven episodes of 30 Rock. Like, all these oh, huge shows. And I love Tina Fey. So, <laughs> so we just layered out to somebody because somebody at our office, uh, who is one of the funniest people I've met, is uh, adamant in saying that she hates comedy. And what? so, I know, That's she's very funny, stupid. but she doesn't like comedy television shows, doesn't like comedy shows. Um, she's more into, like, the dramatics, which I have to be in the right brain space for that. I will I ha- watch it. I have it. to be emotionally prepared mm-hmm. for it. We're watching Sharper Objects right now. Oh, I heard that's great. I, I don't know if it is. I have no fucking idea what's happening. Yeah. It's been two episodes and it's real weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to be like, there was one weekend that I binged watched all of Making a Murderer. Oh, and I don't I know what that says that's about different. me. That's true crime and I love I that. love true crime. I love true crime podcasts. I think it's mm-hmm. because I spend so much of my day like hyping people up and like it's like super positive and like bubbly. But, like That's actually perfect. Okay. Let's change gears yeah, real yeah, quick yeah. just because we're going to keep talking about this okay. the whole episode yeah. because it feeds into what your job is. Great. So let's tell the world what your job is okay. before we do it. So being the culture and training manager at yeah. DNCO, for those who don't know, you should know if you listen to this podcast yeah. <laughs> because we talked to the CEO and founder, uh, Nadia Bujarwa, um, two months, three months ago. Yeah. She was one of my like first couple episodes. Yeah. Um, but Dianco is an amazing uh, women's wear company um, that is mostly online, all online. All the, online. I mean, there's no yeah. store. but no. but We did know, a pop-up shop, though. You did do pop-up shops, cool. and yeah. then you do subscription boxes and non-subscription boxes yeah. and just ordering. And it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 
but, um, but you could say that stuff. <laughs> I love Dianco. So, uh, am I allowed to share like the backstory of Dianco? Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Because I think it's something that not a lot of well, I think a lot of people know because we talk about it internally, but it's not yeah. something that a lot of people know. So, um, before I heard of Dianco, um, I was working as a sales associate at Lord and Taylor Fifth Avenue. Okay. Um, I have a music education degree. Did and Lord and Taylor just die? Yes. All right. Everything but Poor the Milford, Connecticut. Uh, store. So I, I think there's a couple stores staying alive. <laughs> I remember like Milford, Connecticut made a big old. We're both uh, listeners. Marge and I are both from Connecticut. Connecticut cutters. Uh, <laughs> Connecticutians. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Someone <laughs> so, said That's something like that. That's actually way more accurate. I know. <laughs> we're not all from Greenwich. No, no. This is real redneck parts of Connecticut. Yeah. Our town, I call it now like the wannabe farm town. Like they listen to like heavy country music. They like soup up their trucks. Um, there's maybe two cows in the town now, but like it was an old school farm <laughs> town. There were more cows <laughs> at one point. But like I remember like cow tipping was a thing. Oh, we never had that. We had, we like, had a more town fishermen. Fair. Oh, we had yeah, more, like, we did fishing too. Yeah. Whatever it was, it is what it is. A weird so you're place. working so at Lord and Taylor. I was working at Lord and Taylor. I actually started at the store up near Hartford, mm-hmm. um, and then transferred to a school in, um, to a store in New Jersey when I was in college. And then when I graduated college, realized that music ed wasn't where I wanted to go. That I would do anything to live and work in New York. Didn't really care what that was to be honest, because I was 21 and just like didn't care, but loved New York. Moved to New York City, worked on the Fifth Avenue store, um, and and really like the day that I went in for my interview, they took one look at me, and at the time I was probably a 16, um, proud 18 now, um, and uh, and and they were like, oh, we have an American women department, we could put you there, and I was like, I don't know what that means. An American women department. Yeah, American Jesus. woman. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like think of like that song, but like the opposite yeah. um and so they're like why don't you go take a look and i looked and it was on the sixth floor with a men's bathroom and the <laughs> cafe and the petite department so if you're a plus-size woman in new york city uh i mean the store's dying so now you, really sh- you have to shop next to the <laughs> bathroom and the petite ladies yeah and uh and, and so maybe grab a snack maybe maybe <laughs> they have the bench best french fries and for a really long time when i was on like a horrible diet whatever thing i would like only eat french fries I just, I don't know. It was, it was a tough time. I also had zero dollars, so it was fine. Um, but I walked up there and I was like, oh, okay. So in what I was used to shopping sucked in terms of plus sizes growing up was just tough. I, I came to New York and I was like, wow, like there's Michael Kors, there's Calvin Klein, there's all these other designers that have clothes that fit me. That's really cool. That like sparkly, like rose colored glasses wore off super, super thin. I was gonna say, <laughs> you're very optimistic. I, I was extremely optimistic. And I was like, wow, like there's actually like cool clothes that I could try. And like this could be a really fun opportunity. Yeah. Um, I luckily enough got picked up to work for Eileen Fisher, um, oh, awesome. who was really cool. And the, the coordinator that I worked with was awesome and really kind of realized that. Um, I had a passion for fashion. I was really good at styling people, mm-hmm. which I knew, but I wasn't really thinking of that as a career. Um, this was like my temporary spot until, I don't know, I was hit by a truck and figured out what else I was going to do with my life. And my parents... And you woke up with superpowers. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. Good. My parents were like supportive as long as I could pay all my bills. Yeah. So they were like, whatever makes you happy, like go forth. And so I worked in the department. I got to know all the vendors. I got to know the coordinators for those. And because I was the youngest, everybody else was in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, I was the one who like educated herself to know the trends, to know what was coming in. Um, I did a bunch of floor moves. I kind of worked with management to like do as much as I could to get to know as, as much as I could so that when customers would come in, I was like the expert of the floor yeah. because people would come in from all over the world to find clothes. And I knew how devastating it was once those rose colored glasses came off to be like, Oh, so like you want black work pants. Okay, cool. All we have is Jones, New York collection and they're lined and they're really gross and they make you look a thousand pounds heavier. I know. Here oh you go. God. And I, when I, when I, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. When, it just reminded me when I got uh, signed by IMG, we had to go, we had to go buy clothes mm-hmm. because I didn't own anything cool. I wore my dad's pants and yeah. like graphic T-shirts, and that's all I owned. Yeah. And we had to go shopping for me, and yeah. it was the exact same experience. It's horrible. It is unreal. Like we went to a very large department store, one who I will not name because I have worked with them and hope they will hire me again. But uh, I get it. <laughs> but. Um, 
and we went throughout these multiple floors uh-huh. of, of of men's fashion and multiple things and then finally they're like oh you're gonna be on the eighth floor uh-huh. back left corner and mm-hmm. it was literally an eight by eight foot square yeah and they're like this is what you get I think I bought sweatshorts. And I was like, like, you're welcome. Yeah. And I'm like, you're welcome. Aren't you, aren't you grateful that you have this? It blows. It's so funny to me because there are now companies now that are starting to cater to the plus and that's still their mentality. And I'm like, for real? I thought we were over this. No. Yeah. Don't be grateful. (laughs) We should be, you have to demand better. It's like, I I demand better. I I, I literally, I get, I get mad. I used to get so mad at myself when something didn't fit because yeah. I was like, there's something wrong with me. My yeah. body is weird shaped and, you know, I need to lose weight and I need to do all these things. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. I know my sizes. I know my measurement. You're fucking professionals. Yeah. Your job is to make clothes to fit me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to squeeze in three sizes no. lower. I'm telling you my exact fucking measurements. Yeah. Provide clothes, please. Yeah. This is think, your job. I think it was really it was really a turning point in my life working there because um, in college I was I wasn't the biggest, but I was definitely one of the largest. Mm-hmm. And growing up I was always the big kid. Yeah. I was bullied from like elementary school till I left. Probably one of the reasons why I left town was because it just like harbored so many shitty memories. Yeah. Um and then I went to college, and it was a performing college, so like there were people of all sizes, and opera stars were, were it was okay to be big, but yet I still had people that were saying, you know, oh, you know, you can't get too big. Like, which, which college did you go to again? I went to Westminster Choir College. Yo, and I knew this because we have a mutual, a mutual friend, friend, Tom yeah. Buckley. Yeah, he yeah. was my music director all through high school. He's so talented. He's so, so talented. He's where I found out what a countertenor was. Yeah, his <laughs> voice is unreal. He is. He was in um, my studio for a semester, and it was unreal. He's awesome. I got to re-hook up with him every time yeah. we, every time you and I talk like we'll talk me and Tommy will talk for like two seconds make yeah. plans that don't come to fruition but what they're gonna happen Tom I'm so sorry <laughs> um so it, it like I never really felt comfortable in my body I also never looked around and saw women with bodies like mine mm-hmm. like I wasn't the like five foot nine like curvy woman um yeah. I've got roles and now that I'm like almost 30 I'm like you know what like fuck it they're here like you're gonna see it I'm gonna see it like why am I trying to like pretend that they're not there yeah um and so working at the store what I was really kind of uh, like blown away with was that there were women from all across the world who actually had bodies that looked like mine who had the same kind of like brainwashed fucked up mentality in their head that like they looked in the mirror and they said the things that I looked in the mirror and said to myself yeah and at the end of the day they just wanted to look and feel great and if I could somehow help them feel better, mm-hmm. it made me feel better. So like I was the annoying girl at the department store who's like, can I get you anything else? Can I, can I try, like, have you try these on? Let me grab this. Let me try that. Let me do that. I was a maniac. Yeah. But I did it because I knew how like the aha moment, I knew what that felt like. And I, I couldn't see it in myself, but I got to see it in other people. And for me, like that, like adjacency was like, killer yeah. like well I'm making a difference in the world because I'm helping so and so and so and so feel good about themselves and That's um awesome. it was really powerful and uh one of the women that I was lucky enough to meet kind of looping back to D and co is Nadia Bujawa and she walked into the store and um we had a bunch of stylists and people come in for commercial shoots and things to to look for clothes and she had a handful of clothes and I'm like hi like can I help you with anything you've got a lot of clothes like is there something you're looking for She's like, well, she's like, I just started a company. I just co-founded a company and it's a subscription. It's a, it's a box service where we style. It wasn't subscription at the time, but she was like, we style women all across the country and we want to make sure that they have the same options as anybody else and, and that they have, you know, a friend who can help them and, and somebody that can inspire them and teach them styling tips and, and give them feedback and, and get exactly what they're looking for. And I think my like jaw dropped <laughs> and and I, I met her at a time in my life where I had tried literally anything and everything to be smaller. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had actually, like, blogged about it for a while, but about how, like, I really didn't like the term plus size. I didn't like fat. I would do anything to remove the word fat from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really didn't want to stand on a soapbox and, and admit it. And, like, I did crazy dieting. I did crazy workouts just to, like, be perceived differently. Yeah. And in my head, having, like 
I, I was in this wedding and it was like, oh, well, if I'm this size by the wedding, like nobody will know that I'm any different from anybody else. It, it's, it's, it's such a poisonous way of yeah. thinking because I did the exact same thing. Yeah. We were, uh, I was listening to, um, there's a podcast called Heavy Conversations, which mm. is with um, uh, Bruce and Jody in Portland. Uh, Bruce is the uh, founder and uh, editor of Chubster.com. Oh, cool. And then um, Jody is the uh, founder of uh, Bearskin Underwear. Oh, cool. But they live in Portland. They're two big guys, and the whole conversation is about plus-size people. Yeah. And he talks about, it's like, we need to get to a point where, for some reason in our society, the only time plus-size people are considered valuable is when they are losing weight. Yeah. All of a sudden, your stock goes up. They're like, look how inspiring he is right. losing weight. And it's like... Why is this? That's his personal thing. It's inspiring. I, it drives me nuts. I've had friends who I dearly love who will post before and after pics. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm very happy that you feel better, but I wish you wouldn't do that because I don't think you realize the message it sends. Right. And I know you probably felt, you felt less than when you were a bigger person because I felt less than before also, but yeah. like... I would, uh, you're sending a message that it's like it's not it wasn't okay to be your size and that yeah. really sucks well <laughs> like, and and it like consumed so much of my life yeah that like I would post I actually was looking um at my old Instagram photos and things and I found kind of this before and after that I like held on to and yeah. that photo gave me so much like worth and power at a time when I didn't know who I was at all and so I look back at that and I'm like, girl, like you were miserable. Yeah. Like all the things like I think sometimes like society perceives is like, well, if you lose weight, then like all of a sudden all of these doors will open and like a Hemsworth is behind one and a pony's behind another and your future career is there and it's all open if you only lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. I could do that. I could totally do that. I can sell my soul to the devil. I know. And, and then you realize that like when you get there, none of those things happen. And they tell you you have to go farther. Right. And, and then like people they, still are assholes. And then when you lose all of the weight, they're just kind of like, oh, but we can still see the stretch marks from when you were. Yeah. Fat. It's like, shut like, up. What the fuck are you guys yeah. doing? Yeah. Like, it's. So when I, when I heard Nadia talk about Dia and how it was really about loving yourself for who you are today, mm -hmm. it was something that I like. Well, I love her. <laughs> I, I do too. I owe a lot of who I am to, to her and Lydia and. And just the idea of like I could be whoever I wanted to be, and like I, there was still time for me to rewrite my narrative, yeah. and that was really powerful to me. Um, and so I, uh, I kind of got to know her through her coming into the store and shopping, and I helped her find kind of pieces for different women, and kind of checked in to be like, hey, how did she like that dress, or how did she like those pants? And it was really exciting. I left for another job and shortly thereafter got an email and she was like, hi, I went to the store and I don't see you anymore and I don't know where you are, but I need you. And that's kind of, uh, now that I look that's back, that's so kind of great. powerful. Yes, for, that's amazing. For a CEO to come and search for you. When yeah. when I, I really didn't have any career focus. I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. I didn't have any sort of like mentor or anybody to like see the value that I was putting forth at the store. So like there wasn't really like much else for me there I was just gonna be like well I guess I die here yeah. um, oh I know that feeling but it was it was kind of exciting to like have her reach out and be like you know our our customers bodies you've seen thousands of them like you know how to style yeah. can you come and help us style and so that was three uh just over three years ago mm -hmm. and I then joined full-time and I went from styling to customer experience for a bit I was lucky enough to talk to like 300 of our customers very early on um, to really find ways that we could serve her better. Yeah. Um, I loved that what our service was doing, but I knew that we had to still continue to take a deep dive. And um, I think for our customer and, and for most people of, of size, it's um, there's a lot of, no pun intended, weight involved um, on our shoulders when you promise a service like ours. Yes, because people have been waiting for something like yeah. that their whole lives. Yeah. So that they, they, they pin a lot. That's the people don't yeah. realize. Big people pin a lot of hopes on a lot of things. Yeah. That's why we've all tried every fad diet <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Is because we all go. This is the one that's gonna change me. This is the yeah. one that's gonna turn my life around. Completely. But then what happens is you, then you have someone like Dia and Co, who comes out and they're like, "We're gonna change your life." 
without changing who you are. Yeah. That's the thing. We're changing yeah. the way you think about yourself and the way you feel about yourself. Yeah. And that's terrifying. It's so scary. Because it's terrifying to be told when you have been spent your whole life knowing that your truth is you're not good enough, mm-hmm. you need to change, you need to do this. And then when someone comes and tells you that's the opposite, it's liberating, but it's also terrifying. Because so then you... because. I know me when I was first told by I, I my like aha moment came when I was doing a play and my director told me like it's okay to be the big guy people want to be the big guy and it was the yeah. first time someone told me it was okay to be big yeah and it fucked me up because I was just like no you don't understand yeah. the amount of time energy sweat tears blood that I've put into changing myself yeah and now you're telling me I didn't have to fucking do it I know like that really like like thank How you dare but, you, but like fuck like that's I put I like I've, I cried a lot yeah. like, I, I it's funny I still actually cry when I think about it for too long yeah it's uh, horrible it's really it's really scary because you spend like I look back and I'm like god I spent so much of my life not living, but like hiding who I actually was, like the like great person that I am now, hiding who she was or who she could have been in her teens or in her 20s, like for what? For like somebody whose opinion actually doesn't matter. And now I'm like, I don't care. If you don't like me, I don't care. Like I've got a ton of people who like strangers I haven't met through the Dia community, like our customers are some of my favorite people. I've never met some of them. Yeah. And like they make me feel better than some people I've known almost my entire life. Yeah. And that's like really powerful. It, it, it is. It's crazy. That's, I mean, the same thing started happening with me when really when my social media started taking off and yeah. I just had these people that I've never met, probably will never meet, reaching out and be like, this changed part of my day. Mm-hmm. This is what I think of you. And I'm just like, I, uh, ooh, it's weird to it's hear a- you say that because I wish you could tell the girl who I slipped a love note in her locker in an eighth grade that because that would have changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so it's it's like I, I joke at work because people are like, God, like, I don't know how how we could do what you do and all these things. And I'm like, that's definitely no pressure. So like no pressure at all. No, no. But I, I think that like I kind of do it for the for the girl I, I was. It's like I try to live the best life I can. And then for the like I post on social media, not because I want the likes or because I want the comments. It's more so because I I was late to the game to finding social media is like a fuel of finding people that looked like me. Same. And I want people to find me and resonate and be like, oh, like it's no Photoshop. Like I I realize they're not professional photos or yeah. anything, but like I'm living a, like a true life and like yeah. I, it's not always fun. It's not always like perfect, but like I'm gonna show you what my life is like, and I want you to join me and realize that like whatever life you're leading is like perfect. Yeah. Just keep going. And keep sharing, and I find that like that actually helps build more traction um, I, than than a lot of other things. Totally, I've been I I, I always had a love hate relationship with social media when yeah. I first started because I, I was I remember I'm like he's making this I was one of those old fucks that would like complain. My <laughs> my new thing is like I have to like check myself when I realize I'm being <laughs> a cranky old man, and I'm just like, no, Zach, this is the world now. Complain all you want, but you sound like those people you make fun of. But I'm just, just like, oh, yeah. And everyone's looking at their screens and putting it down. And now I check in with myself and I'm like, my future non-existent children are going, they're going to look at screens all day, every day. This yeah. is where our life is going. Yeah. I know you guys hate it, yeah. but this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I'm the cranky old person that's like, why is everyone on social media? And I'm just yeah. like, instead, I've been reading people like Gary Vee, who is just like, yeah, everyone's on social media. Yeah. And you can use it to create a personal brand and yeah. reach out to people and connect with people and yeah. grow your business and grow your life yeah. and use it as the tool that it was designed for yeah. instead of bitching about it and arguing <laughs> with your like conservative friends and family. <laughs> yeah. When like it's just I always have to check in on yeah. myself. I saw someone right before here being like, I hate when millennials complain about other millennials when really what they mean is Generation Z. So don't confuse us because oh millennials are better than Generation Z. And then I responded to that guy. Oh, no. I mean, I hate when any generation makes fun of the generation behind them because they sound like cranky old farts. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, You sound like <laughs> the people be like, you were that damn jazz music. And you're like, oh, it's like, God. it's crazy. I was like, these kids... 
I, I look at the generation coming up behind us, like the Gen Z, because like, and I'm just like, they're way smarter than I am. At the, if I knew half the shit it's at their age that I knew, I would be on fucking fire. Yeah. And it's like, it's so because crazy. they aren't sold the lie. We were no. our millennials. <laughs> And, and, and baby boomers will get mad about this, but it's like, we were sold the lie that all we had to do was go to college, get a job, and we'd get all this shit. Right. And we were fucking lied to because we're just like, oh, you should go to college. I can't afford to go to college. Maybe I'll go to the state school. No, don't go to the state school. You won't get hired if you go to state school. Go to this private school. I can't afford the private school. Well, here, take out $35,000 okay. a year in loans. You're going to pay it right back. And I'm like, oh, I'm 17. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> from what you I'm yeah. 17 years old from what you told me I'm gonna be a millionaire right this sounds it's great such bullshit and then I spend my entire adult life paying until recently paying more in Interest. student loans than I did in rent yeah matter of fact I have paid back quotation <laughs> fingers my I haven't paid back my student loans I oh. still owe about half of them great but I have paid back my student loans I did the math two and a half times already from the original borrowing, oh, yeah. but because of the interest, I still owe a ton more. It, I paid it back more than double. It blows my mind how that all works. Yeah, I like I keep looking at my at one of my loan balances, and it's almost as much as the original loan balance. I'm like, but I've been paying this for nearly ten years. Why? I had how? one of them that was when when me and my wife um, first got serious. I had to sit Ooh. down with her, and yeah. I was just like, Hey, I really love you. I want to spend my life with you. However, I have six figures in student debt. This is your out. I want you to know this. I think that's so funny that that's like the skeletons in the closet. It was, <laughs> but it was my skeletons in the it's closet. It's like I'm not embezzling money I'm or not cheating on money you, or but doing here's anything. my student I was loan stupid debt. enough to go to college, and I'm not getting out from under this, and yeah. I owe more now than when I first borrowed, yeah. and I don't know when this is going yeah. away. Yeah. And I, she had no student debt. Because she went like, it, and so I was just kind of like, she was, you know, very lucky. Like her, she went to a state school, yeah, um, great state school. She went to UGA and then she transferred to Valdosta State in yeah. Georgia. Great schools, had a great education. She was lucky enough not to have to take out student loans because yeah. she worked harder than me as yeah. a teenager <laughs> and she got scholarships and shit. But I didn't get that because I was a fucking teenager. <laughs> I don't think I my decisions at 14 should determine my entire life. Just mom. saying that, mom. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so I go to like, but yeah, that was the big skeleton where I was just yeah. like, I don't know when we're getting out from under this. Yeah. And I, and it's, and it, and luckily we've been making like her and I like work together. We're like, all yeah. right, we, we don't want to have any sort of future. We need to start stockpiling away. And I've like, and that's what I do. I spend all my money on student loans. We yeah. don't go out. I mean, we go out sometimes. We're not going to fancy restaurants. We're not going on yeah. vacations. We're not doing anything. Yeah. I get a paycheck and I pay off student loans. Yeah, it's it really fucking so. Sucks. Like for all the people that look at our lives and they're like, "Oh my God, you're living the dream in New York." Do you have any idea? God, my my dream, my biggest dream in the entire world, is to get a paycheck and go. This is my money. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't have yeah. to give this to anybody. Yeah, I'm just going to hold it. And I'm just going to like. Cash it in ones and put it in a I, tub. I know. It's just oh, yeah. Yeah. the day my student loans are paid off, I'm doing a full Scrooge McDuck. And I'm just going to go <laughs> and be like, cash out everything. I'll bring it back tomorrow, but I need to bathe in it at the moment. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's so funny. I, uh, I have, I'm an only child and I have two amazing parents, mm -hmm. um, who were like, follow your dreams, do what you want. Like we'll help support you when we can, but like, you got to chase your dreams. They both, um, you know, chose a lot of different career paths and things. Ooh, I'm gonna you get got it. it. Oh, I hope I did get <laughs> I'm really good. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. There's been a gnat circling both of us for like, I'm really good at hours. getting them at our house. I think um, I, I might've got, okay. okay. At least I scared them away. Sorry, uh, no, that's okay. Um, so it was it was always like really funny when they're they're like you know whatever we can do to support you we will but know that you know you're gonna have to take out loans and, yeah. and you'll be fine like don't worry about it. I'm like okay cool. Um, I just recently had a conversation uh, with my dad. This was a couple months ago, and I was like you know I pay off my student loans like I I work so hard to use that money like use what money I have like very wisely and. I don't go crazy. I don't go clubbing. I don't buy a lot of clothes. We don't do crazy fancy dinners. I was like, mm -hmm. I pay a lot of bills. Um, I'm like, but I'm turning 30 and I want to do something like monumental-ish adjacent. Yeah, you want to yeah. have a big... And, and so I, uh, I was like, I'm going to go to Scotland. I'm going to 
book tickets. I'm going to buy a flight and I'll figure out how to pay for it like along the way. And so I decided I was going to do this in January. And I, I had this like kind of serious sit down talk with my dad, who's always kind of helped me out budgeting wise and things. Yeah. And, and he's like, Marge, he's like, you'll be paying your loans for how many more years? He's like, who cares? He's like, at this point, like go and live your life. He's like, stop trying to think that like you, you are going to use that money to pay off your loans. He's like, obviously your loans are going to continue. You can continue to pay them off. He's like, you'll continue to make more money. He's like, you'll figure it out. He's like, but if you wait too long to actually live your life, you're not going to actually live. And he's like, so go. He's like, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, Oh my god thank you so much I know. and it's it's exciting it's coming up in uh the end of september i've never gone abroad i've never gone that's anywhere outside of canada really yeah that's exciting. and i'm going alone and that's awesome that's a big <laughs> it's, so i'm a married person so i can't do that but yeah. that for a long time was a big dream of mine yeah was to just because i do travel alone for work yeah but i could never just be like hey babe i'm going on a vacation yeah. you're not coming yeah <laughs> we always did like family vacations so we go to maine yeah. every summer and and so that's great, but I've always had this. I th- I'm an only child who loves people. Yeah. I think that's why I do what I do as a culture manager is I love being around people. Yeah. I've always been a part of a choir, part of a church, or a part of a team, um, and I love that like community feeling. Oh, me too. Um, I also really, really love quiet and my like being alone mm-hmm. and being with myself. I think that was like also part of growing up is realizing sometimes that like. The time that I spend alone with myself sometimes outweighs the time that I spend with other people. Yeah. And knowing that that's okay to like lean into is is pretty exciting. That's a dream that I wish if I can go back to my 17-year-old self yeah. who was taking out uh, student loans that he could never pay for <laughs> to go to a school when he was not 100% what he wanted to do. Yeah. When I went to when I started college, the reason I chose the college I did was because I wasn't sure I wanted I was doing theater I was in the school plays I wanted to be an actor I wanted yeah. to go to school for theater but at the same time I wanted the option yeah. to do biology because I wanted to save be a marine biologist yeah like yeah. literally I wanted to save the whales and <laughs> wait can I admit something yeah okay so <laughs> I'm also obsessed with whales it's yeah. it's one of my like Whenever I get stressed out, I look at whale um, Instagram accounts or YouTube videos of whales breaching. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's so calming, but also as like a, a kid, I was kind of obsessed with animals and, and uh, my godmother um, adopted me a whale. <gasps> when I was like they 10 thing? yeah awesome. back like when like that's the gift that you gave kids versus like another screen for me it was a subscription to zoo books oh wow which I still see commercials for it's the same books yeah it's the exact same one they're so, they're the same so shit. but also, I guess the biology the, the anatomy of these change. animals hasn't doesn't changed change. I realized highlights for kids is back is it it really I, like is it wrong to subscribe for me no because I no, could get lost in an activity book no, I I used to like, and I would, we never really did highlights, but uh, oh. but my cousins did. They yeah, were really was, into it. We didn't do great. highlights. We did. I had a subscription to Boys Life. That was oh, my okay. thing because okay. I was. Which were you a Boy Scout? I was a Boy Scout. Yeah, of course. But I also didn't know it was a Boy Scout magazine when <laughs> I first subscribed to it. You like that? You were like just like like I thought it was young like, kid I'm a boy reading Boys Life, <laughs> reading Forbes, just I like know, I'm checking it, up on the things exactly. of the world. Exactly. Uh, I wanted to be a Boy Scout so bad. You can now. I can now, and I'm really glad. I was so excited for that. So yeah. I, I, I got. I used to. So I'm a very proud Boy Scout. I was an Eagle Scout. Yep. Boy Scouting chain like really shaped who I am. Yeah. Like the character of who I am. Yeah. I loved it so much, and it meant so much to me. Yeah. And there was a lot of drama in the last couple of years because for a very long time, they didn't allow gay. They didn't mm-hmm. allow gay scouts mm-hmm. or gay scout masters or anything mm-hmm. like that. And that was a huge issue. And I remember getting so angry about it because uh, we had a gay. We had, I think, s- you don't know because we were children. Right. But now, but now objectively, I'm like, <laughs> I had several gay scouts in our troop, yeah. and they were great, and we loved them, and there was no problem with it, and there was never an issue or yeah. anything like that. But um, for some reason, because of certain areas of the country, that was totally unokay. Like, it, well, it's scouts. all better now, right? It's no. all better? The world's all better now? No, no, oh, no. Okay. Not, even, okay. not even close. Not okay, even close. Cool, uh, cool. Scouting's a little better. Cool. <laughs> That's really what it is. Great. So what happens is I finally made the rule yeah. and I allowed gay scouts in, yeah. which was a no fucking brainer. Yeah. And But I remember before they did that, my whole argument was, I was like, you can be, because they just announced that now scouting is going to be um, entirely gender inclusive. Amazing. Which is awesome. 
but it always was in mm-hmm. a way because mm-hmm. girls were always allowed to join the Boy Scouts. There was a section of the Boy Scouts called Venture Scouts, oh, which they wore a green uniform. That's what I know. And, oh. and they did more intense things. But women, girls were always allowed to join Venture Scouts. Yeah. So they were like, so what happens is they'll be like, well, what's going to happen with these gay kids joining the Scouts? They're just going to go in the tent and they're just going to get to trouble. And I was just like, there's literally there's boys and girls in the same troop in Venture going camping together. All the time. There are yeah. Christian youth groups, boys and girls, going camping together all the time. It's, I was a part of the YMCA, and if I could tell stories. Yeah, I could I'm like, stuff happened. Like, yeah. anyway. Oh, so so fun. It used to drive me nuts. But yeah. then what happens is they finally allowed gay scouts, which is great, but then we had to fight for the right for uh, to have gay leaders, yeah. which has happened. Yeah. And now they're just like, they're just wiping the board clean. They're just I like, we're it. entirely gender exclusive. It's just becoming scouting yeah. and not Boy Scouts. It's, you know, it'll be scouting BSA because the, they, st- they still got a, you know, a corporate license to protect. So right. it's still. I, I liked, I liked the idea of Girl Scouts for the time that I was like young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, I found, and like, I didn't realize I was uh, a proud feminist very early on, but I think it's also because I was raised by people and specifically my mom who was like, you should go and do whatever you want to do, whoever you want to be. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny to me when I realized that people weren't brought up that way. I know. And and then when I go home and I'm like, well, I'm a proud feminist. She's like, okay, but like you're just March. So like I calm know. down. I know. But like at the time it was like we got to be a certain age and it was like, oh, well, we're going to learn how to sew patches and we're going to learn how to bake shit. And I'm like, the boys get to learn how to start a fire. Can I learn how to go do that? Like that's a better skill. Yeah. I knew how to sew because I grew up with a DAR. Like I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I would just like to learn how to like build a cool car or like my do life hacks. That my sounds sister fun. left Girl Scouting the yeah. day that she went to a... Uh, her her water only because she did like the brownies, yep. which is their version of the Cub Scouts. Also, the snacks are so good at brownies. Yeah, well, they change listen, as you get older. If you if it comes to snacks, Girl Scouts win. Yeah. Cookies are fucking amazing. The popcorn though with Boy Scouts popcorn is, is great. bullshit. Oh, like, as a man who had to sell that popcorn, <laughs> yeah. do you know how hard of a sell it is to be like, do you want this tin of popcorn? It's a commemorative tin. You can keep your stuff in it. When you're done. Yeah, also the popcorn's super stale. Is, I think they yeah, went away from the popcorn is very, very old. Yeah. Uh, you can have butter. You can have caramel. You can have chocolate-covered caramel. And we won't sell cheese, even though it's the best one. The only way to get the cheese popcorn is you got to get the four-pack the, the four oh, of all the different I'm snacks. I'm very familiar with that four-pack. <laughs> and you only eat the cheese yeah. one, and then you have the other. So it, goes st- it sucks. Yeah. It's so stupid. Popcorn is not shelf-stable. <laughs> it is yeah, such a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Um, But the day my sister decided she was going to leave the Girl Scouts was after she went on a camping trip, finger quotes, um, to the uh, Trumbull, Connecticut Marriott. (laughs) 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 And they got the stressless merit badge. And I was like, that's a fucking thing. And she she kind of came home and she's like, uh, we could do other stuff. It's cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is I, not okay. It was just so, it also like turned, it was like around the time where like girls start to get super clicky. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have time to like, no, like I see you all every day and I yeah. see the clicks. Like I'm good. And as a disclaimer, I'm sure out there, there are phenomenal Girl Scout troops There's that go camping. There's some here in New York that are incredible. Some of them probably do great stuff. Yeah. The uh, Stratford, Connecticut Girl Scouts didn't do a damn thing. And it was... uh, Yeah, we went to, I think the coolest thing, the only thing that I like actually have a formative memory of was going to, I think it's uh, the Hartford Science Museum or West Hartford Science Museum. And they had a huge, again, a huge whale that you could like walk up into outside. I love that. And then we got to sleep in like the planetarium room, which that was pretty dope. We but used like, to do um, sleep. We did one sleepover at the Maritime Aquarium in Norwalk, oh, Connecticut, yeah, which was real fun. Yeah, that's a wonderful place. I used to work there. Wow, I Actually, was a, a tour guide. There. I was a tour guide and a touch tank yeah. operator. My job was to sit there and like pick up the animals and be like, nah, you yeah. don't get bit by the crab." Yeah, my or, friend's little sister works with the sea turtles there. Oh, that's awesome! And it's just like really cool to like. F- she does like a lot the of leatherback. Kind of cool no, not leatherbacks. Oh my god, I should know this. I forget. I, I forget. She which does like type a lot of really cool like rescue. She's traveled the country like rescuing random animals and something 
head turtle. It's so oh, cool. I'm really disappointed. I knew those turtles. I knew <laughs> those turtles so well. That really bugs me that I can't remember oh what kind of no. turtle they were. They were loggerheads. Uh, there you go. Sorry. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I need a You're like, if I don't remember this, it's going to go down. <laughs> they were logger. I was like, a something head. Yeah. I was like, leatherbacks are huge. Leatherback yeah. turtles are, are the biggest sea turtles, and they are crazy big yeah they are so, they're, they're like they're they're prehistorically large yeah um and endangered as oh, are all really sea turtles sad. that's really know. sad i remember seeing i remember seeing the movie the last song uh with miley cyrus and a young liam hemsworth <laughs> okay <laughs> i did not it's a rep it's like a, a nicholas sparks movie but she like rescues these like sea turtles uh-huh. and i remember texting my friend's little sister be like katie did you see this movie is that what you do all day and she's like how dare you Oh, she's like, I mean, yes, but also how dare you? And I was like, I'm so sorry. That's awesome. I know. I'm such like a fan. I realized that there's things that I super love and I'm just super into and I get really excited about. And I feel like that plays into your whole being the culture manager of that. How much does like, besides just fashion, because obviously Dia is a fashion thing. How much does like fandom in general kind of come into Uh, the equation? Yeah, so one of our core values is show off your quirks. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I pitch it to new hires, I always like say this like offhanded joke that they don't get because they don't know me well enough. But to me, it's funny. And so we like talk through the core values. And I'm like, and then this one, show off your quirks, one I know nothing about. And then I wait and nobody says anything. And I'm like, and then it's all about this. <laughs> and they're like, okay. But fandom definitely is huge. Um, we, so it, it goes in a couple different ways. Um, we are overly obsessed with pets and like team pets. So like part of being the culture manager is, um, is like the HR adjacent. Mm-hmm. So like while I live on the HR team and I could like spit rhymes about like benefits and stuff and 401k things that I've had to learn in the last six months. Um, it's really about like keeping a, a hand in all of the teams and like it, like a listening ear around what's going on and then doing, trying to like do whatever I can to like solve problems or like coach people or just like kind of make sure that people are working super hard, but also still feel the like you're doing a really good job and like our customer is super happy and she's like yeah. really grateful. So we do, um, we're like mild, like not mildly, um, but like obsessively obsessed with our customer um, in which that like we have a whole channel where we share positive feedback. We send like customer photos that are posted on Instagram around all day. Yeah. Really kind of like being like fans of her and cheerleaders and champions of her, um, which like for people who aren't our customer, that's a huge like I think one of the things that they love most is being able to see women like benefit from like whatever they're doing, whether they're an engineer, a data scientist, yeah. a merch assistant, um, they can actually see her like living her best life well, in our clothes. It, it, it experience it changes the rest of your life when you feel secure and confident. Yeah, it changes everything you do totally. in the long run. Have you ever had? I'm, I know you guys get testimonials all the time, all the time, all day, nonstop. Every day. Yeah, you're getting testimonials. Yeah. Are there any specifically over the last couple of years that have really like stood out to you personally? Uh, yeah. Do you want me to cry? <laughs> yeah, I want you to cry. <laughs> so there are. They literally happen all day, every day, and I get yeah. super emotional when I read them. Mostly because like I know what that feels like, totally. and I know what it feels like to put on clothes and. Like I look in the mirror now and see myself and I'm like, ah, she's cute. Like she's hot. Like she's got this. And so to then see that in somebody else and see them kind of like realizing that, um, one of the things that, um, that, um, gets me like a little wispy is, uh, we had a customer's husband email us and he, um, he saw a video, actually one of our very early videos that was produced by Mike.com early, early stage Dia about what we were doing. Um, it happens to be the video where I cry in the middle of it. Um, (laughs) but where we were talking about our service and kind of telling the story of Dia and, and why we were here. Um, it was shown at his office. He works at FedEx. And so he saw it during onboarding at his job at FedEx. I don't know if I'm allowed to name drop FedEx, but I did. Uh, they're not a sponsor. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he saw the video of Dia, this like three-year-old video of Dia um, at his job. He went home, his wife's plus size. He said, honey, like I saw this company. I, I think you should try it out. Like try it out. Yeah. She did. And then he sent us an email. He sent us an email after 
Um, she had gotten a couple boxes along with photos. And he said, um, I saw your video. Um, it's a couple years old, but I saw it my first day at FedEx about a company that was making change. Um, I had my wife try it and she's gotten a few boxes and just the change of who she is. She finally sees herself as the beautiful woman that I've always seen. <laughs> I know. Um, mm -hmm. And he's like, and it's wonderful for her to actually like see that and see what like I've always fallen in love with. Like I just started weeping at my desk. Oh. I get a little teary thinking about it now, but like that's so powerful. It matters so it much. It matters so much. And it then matters seeing, so much to like for, for people to just feel even okay for yeah. the first time in their life. And then seeing women who like post photos in in our groups that are like, I've never taken a selfie before. And they're like in their 60s or 70s. Yeah. Like that's so transformative. Yeah. I think like what's exciting to me is like knowing that we're making a, a difference in women who've lived most of their lives feeling less than and yeah. being able to like jump in there and be like no 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 like you have a whole new lease on life now and you see that and you see them um get really excited and now they're meeting up with each other and they're posting photos and they're sharing and they're kind of creating this like catalyst for other women to 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 inspire them as well kind of like branching out like not just what's in between like the four walls of dia but then like branching out in the community is just so powerful and i think yeah. Um, something that gets me excited about the future is, is those then women raise really strong women. Yeah. And absolutely. I think that's something that, that scares me is, is the future. Um, I know how hard the world is and I want kids to feel just as like celebrated and beautiful as they are, but I don't think we do a great job of that. No, but it's I exciting totally to like build a community of women who then will raise even stronger. Women that's too. another reason I get I, circling back to earlier that I get so mad when, People make fun of millennials or Generation yeah. Z or anything yeah. like that. And it's just kind of like, you don't know the fucking damage you do at such oh. an early age. You fuck people up. I internalized. Yeah. I didn't talk yeah. for a very long time to I, I, I stopped talking because my uncle at, you know, 13 told me I talked too much yeah. and was just like, you yeah. know, we could just drive without you talking. And yeah. I didn't talk to people yeah. for like the next three years because of that, yeah. because I went, I'm a piece of shit. No one wants to hear what I have to mm -hmm. say. I'm annoying people. I have, yeah. it, it really, it, it sits with you. Oh yeah. So, so hard. So having companies like Dia and like others that are just tell people that they're okay, yeah. matter. So much. So much. I, I really wish people would stop yeah. shitting on the young on people younger than them. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can be annoyed. Like, I didn't know what... Uh, example. Recently, there was the Tide Pod Challenge. And they're like, these crazy kids are killing themselves. They're eating Tide Pods. I'm like, they're not swallowing it. They're not doing anything. They're making funny internet videos. Stop <laughs> being an old, crazy person. Let them find Their joy. video, like, chewing on that Tide Pod and going, uh, and spitting it out on the video and being like, that's so gross is no different than your 50-year-old ass eating the hottest chili pepper he can find. Right. Fuck you. It's yeah. Let them have fun. Yeah. Stop assuming people are stupid and yeah. that they are they, that you can educate them how to how to do things the right way because yeah. there isn't a right no. way. The world is is a very complex place yeah. and your rights different than my right. Yeah. And I don't I'm not worried about that kid killing himself on a Tide Pod no. because you want to know what? His Tide Pod video just got 500,000 hits and now he's parlayed that into a successful YouTube channel and he's making more money off revenue right now than you're making Jim like wow. it, it, yeah I don't know who I, Jim is. Jim I think is. I think it's so funny like part of uh part of why I I love my job and and I'm so blessed to have a job that allows me to to do wild and crazy things is um I grew up seeing a lot of sadness yeah and and I think we all see sadness in different ways and uh I took a really really dark turn and it could have all gone away very quickly and it was pretty close to disappearing and I think now I look at the world and I'm like you know what like it is my mission in life to put as much fucking joy back into the world because I know that that's what people need and like yeah. it's really easy to look around and get frustrated and get disappointed with where things are going but like I make it my job in that office to like and, and even remotely to like remind people that it's okay to laugh, that it's okay to have a good time, that it's okay to celebrate, that we celebrate weird holidays. You mentioned like fandoms. We did a Game of Thrones cosplay day. As you should. I dressed up as Jon Snow to yes. the best of my ability. I made an Iron Throne. We have a karaoke team. We celebrate with big balloons. We celebrated National Lollipop Day. Um, 
pay it forward day. Every month we pick a different weird holiday to celebrate. Because at the end of the day, life is too fucking short to focus on all the sadness. So yeah. like we have to find ways to infuse joy. And I think down to the box experiences, like she should open up that box and be like, oh my God, my best friends just sent me the best clothes ever. I'm so excited. Exactly. And yeah. I think that translates really well across our brand. Um, I think so. I think if I brought myself to like any other company, they would look at me like I'm batshit crazy. Um, but also it's like an honor and it makes it so easy when you work with people who also feel the same way and let me kind of do my craziness. I had a gigantic blown up shark above my desk for a good six months. It was like a big helium shark. You should bring it back. It's shark week. (laughs) I should actually. (laughs) I I named her Cheryl with a CH. And I was like, this is Cheryl the shark. And people would. Is there another way to spell Cheryl? Is there an SH? I don't know, but I wanted to make sure that people knew that it was different. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, I think like I was always a weird kid. I was always a little different. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to be like the weird adult. Yeah. And I find that more people actually want that and feel more comfortable being around people like that because they realize that they are also a little weird. Well, that's the thing. I think everyone's born a little weird. Yeah. I think everyone has something super weird about them. Yeah, but we're so and afraid. And what happens is there's those of us who hold on to the weirdness and keep going, mm-hmm. and those of us who the weirdness was beaten out of them, yeah. and now they're super straight-laced <laughs> and super yeah. focused. And it's and it's not because that they're less creative or less weird or no. less something like that. It's because it was dragged out of them by situations yeah. in their life where they learned it's not okay to do this. Yeah. Let me keep this under wraps. And then wraps. that bubbles up, and then you hear about it on a True Kind podcast. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But I, I think being weird Free is Brandon Dassey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think they did free him. I forget. I'm, I'm behind on I that. Know. Did you? Oh, guys, that that kid didn't do anything. <laughs> it, it, it's so sad. That kid so was sad. just weird. I still don't know if Stephen Avery did it. That that, that oh. he very well could be, but his his kid who just oh, he just wanted to watch I wrestling. Just, it, <laughs> I was like, I feel so I feel so bad because I know so many uh, adults who repressed who they are. I even know like some kids who like repress who they are. I I have two beautiful and wonderful godchildren um, who. I think I'm maybe one of the few adults that they'll like let all their crazy out in front of. Mm-hmm. And like, I revel in it because I'm like, hi, I'm also weird and crazy. Like, come on in, the water's fine. And and it's kind of cool to have two kids that like have to love you unconditionally. And I think that's some of the vibes that we have at Dia is this like unconditional acceptance of like, let you be whoever you are. Yeah. And with that, you put forth the best work possible. Yeah. And like you're like doing the best because you're not worrying about all these other people judging you. And there's so many people out there who's going to judge you no matter what. But like at least in the confine of the place you spend the most time in, it's still not dead. I know. It's, um, the gnat came back to life, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's nice to know that like we have that kind of unconditional support and that yeah. you can like be whoever you want. And kids need to see that and, and see kind of a world in which like, Adults aren't super serious all the time. We actually have a really good time. I saw a quote. Um, quote. It was a tweet. But, <laughs> but, but it's, it, it feels more official if I call it quote. Yeah. I saw one the other day where they were talking about, like, when I was a kid, I looked at the high schoolers and thought they were big and awesome and knew what was going on. And then I became a high schooler, and I was like, ah, oh, we don't know anything. And he goes... <laughs> But, but I so I looked at the college kids and they thought they were big and smart and knew what was going on. Then I came to college and I looked at adults and yep. I thought they were big and they were smart and they knew what was going on. Now I'm an adult and you're telling me we were all just winging it the whole damn yeah. time. And it's just like, yeah, nobody knows. It's so it's so true. Um, so I my, get to the point where I'm like, I've been an adult for too long now. I still don't know what's happening. I, I have. Uh, I actually had a really awesome conversation with my mom last night and she's in her 70s. And now that like we've hit this like like late 20s kind of I'll be I'll be 30 and and so we have these now very adultish conversations mm-hmm. um but like funny ones where she's just like honestly like you're gonna pay bills forever so like <laughs> you just learn how to deal with it and you learn new fun creative ways to save money and live your life and she's like and the same thing goes for like adulting she's like you figure it out she's like nobody knows what they're doing there is no book or certain age that you get this like packet of like here are the to-do lists of things that you should do to do the thing she's like we all learn from asking other people and failing yeah. even so in do the, it. even in the professional world like yeah. that's advice i give people i've spent my entire life 
waiting for a break, yeah. waiting for somebody to give me a job, waiting for somebody yeah. to make something happen, waiting for somebody to let me do it. And then I finally got to the point where I was just like, they don't know how to do this any better yeah. than I do. I don't have a TV show, not because no one's given me a TV show. It's because I haven't made the TV show yeah. happen yet because no one else knows how to fucking do it either. Yeah. No one knows how to do it. Like yeah. it's, a, it's really, that, that's, yeah. that's, the biggest part of being an adult yeah. is realizing nobody knows yeah. what's happening. And we're just gonna some people really pretend and are really <laughs> stern that they know what's happening. Yeah. But I'm like, you don't know what's going it's, on either. It's, None of us know what's happening. It's so funny. It, Dia, like being kind of part of the, the very early group to now where we are now, it's so funny because new people will come in and they're like, oh my God, Nadia and Nadia, they're right there. They're going to know everything that I do and they're going to know that I'm doing it wrong. And I'm like... That's true, because Nadia, you guys sit just out in the office with yeah. everybody else. Yeah. There's no private offices. No. It's just, it's just All banks open. of desks. Yeah. And then like, even when I went to meet Nadia and she's like, oh, come to my desk real quick. I'm like, oh, I'm going to her office. <laughs> and then she just like... It's like sat just down on there. the long yeah. table between like four other people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. But I, I think like that kind of is like a testament to our culture. It's like from yeah. the very beginning, we all sat around the same table and it was very collaborative and you yeah. never felt like you were above or below. And it was really just like, how do we build a team of people who all have different skills and different backgrounds and, and different like strengths? And literally, like, we can't do this alone. How do we just keep adding more people who know things? And if we don't know it, we have to figure it out. And yeah. so it's always exciting to, like, work with people or, like, have new problems and kind of look around at the same group of people from the early days and be like, you have no idea? I have no idea. Let's let's fail. Let, let's, let's figure, figure out, out how to do it. Yeah. Let's keep making mistakes until yeah. the mistake works out that one time. Completely. And some of, like, the biggest things that we've done for our company were, like, by total accident, by just, like, let's try it what's the worst that could happen and i yeah. think that's kind of how i live my life it's like what's the worst? like i wake up tomorrow and it's like we figure it out and and we try the best we can we have as much as much fun as possible but we we do what we can it's awesome yeah i think that's the perfect place to end cool not because i want to because we have to <laughs> i know i know i have to go do some more adulting things I know, today <laughs> exactly same here uh, marge it's been an absolute pleasure we're gonna do awesome. this again because yeah. it was so much fun yeah uh please follow marge on all the social medias <laughs> are you there god it's marge no right are you no? there god it's me marge are you there god it's me marge yeah. uh, are you, you there, there God? God? It's, it's me, Marge. Marge. It's funny, <laughs> Lauren Brake, who I work with at Dia, uh, we have this joke because this one customer was commenting on something and she's like, oh my God, I follow, hey God, it's Marge, what's up? <laughs> and she thought that that was my Instagram <laughs> you like, oh, who the fuck is that? And I was like, that's not right, but also that's amazing. It's <laughs> a so shout out to uh, my, my Instagram handle. is a shout out to Judy Bloom, who taught me everything Aww. and nothing at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> the beautiful it's, way. It's really hard to grow up as a, as a child with the name Margaret Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> like in the 90s, it's such an old lady name, but Marge keeps it real. That's perfect. Yep. Marge, thank you yeah, so thank much. You. We're going to awesome. do this again. This yeah. was a lot of fun. This is and great. ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you. I don't know why I call everyone ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> bye. So much fun. Marge, thank you for being on here. I hope you guys enjoyed Marge as much as I do. Um, we had a great time. Please, everyone, follow Marge at Are You There, God? It's me, Marge, on all of the social medias. Follow me on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-O. Yeah, sorry, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bigthingspod at bigthingspod.com. Email us at zach at bigthingspod.com and josh at bigthingspod.com. Next week, you're going to hear from me and Paul Guyette for Giant Things, and it's going to be a great time. So until next time, go out into the world and do big things. <laughs>